From the power of voices in Los Angeles to listeners across the globe, welcome to Full Body Frequency. I'm Laura Rice. This past year, we've been exploring many facets of dating, relationships, and love. And although we're wrapping up our year-long series on wedding planning, don't worry. We'll have more from the experts featured on today's show in the future. First up, we're talking top wedding trends from technology to shared floor arrangements with Chiffon Myers, editor-in-chief of Pretty Pair Bride, the world's only magazine for plus-size brides. And we followed Lanita Pearson of One Curvy Bride throughout her wedding planning process. And guess what? She's married now, y'all. Lanita is here to share highlights from her Great Gatsby nuptials, including the magical pre-wedding first look, special time with her bonus daughter, and what she wore and didn't wear underneath her wedding gown. Speaking of wedding gowns, Lanita purchased hers from Oaten Co. Bridal Boutique, one of the country's leading plus-size and curvy bridal salons. Owner Chanel Armstrong Fowler is here to talk about the fashion, fit, and financials of full-figured wedding gowns. Plus, Chanel makes a major announcement regarding her newly expanded Oaten Co. Bridal Boutique. If you're in the market for a wedding gown, you'll definitely want to stay tuned for this. Full Body Frequency will be right back. In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in .1 miles. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Full Body Frequency is back, and I'm Laura Rice, your host and lover of all things unconventional. Here to talk about the new, unconventional, and what's trending in weddings is Chiffon Myers of Pretty Pair Bride magazine, which is total inspiration for plus-size bride. Chiffon Myers, welcome back to Full Body Frequency. Thank you so much for having me back. I appreciate it. Oh, you're always welcome here. And as I mentioned in the introduction, Pretty Pair Bride is the world's only magazine for plus-size brides. And the last time you were here, you were on the verge of launching the Pretty Pair Bride Bridal Directory. Bring us up to date on the Bridal Directory and on Pretty Pair Bride. Yes, I was. And thankfully, we have launched it. It is out. You can get to it from the website. And we have about 15 salons that we have listed across the country. We haven't gotten anything worldwide yet, but we do have some available that have inquired about coming on with us. So I'm super excited to have that. Oh, that's great. Going international. Yes, I know. But that's actually surprising when I go and look at a lot of my analytics. The UK, Africa, and surprisingly, like the Norway, Switzerland area, Mm -hmm. I have quite a bit of traffic from. So it's interesting to see that the international people are seeing it, are coming for information. So that's good to know. Now, what's interesting is that I've seen online, and I'm sure you've noticed this as well, is that there are a lot of videos of African weddings, specifically Nigeria and Burkina Faso. I'm seeing a lot of action on Instagram. I'm seeing a lot of action on YouTube, specifically with wedding dances. So that doesn't surprise me that folks from those countries are interested. I totally agree. And that's actually one of the things that I'm seeing an influx of or the wedding dances that are very elaborate where they're actually choreographed, including the whole bridal party, including people out of the audience. So that's interesting to say that because that is something trend-wise that is coming up through the ranks and being something a lot of people are starting to do. Very cool. Very cool. This is Full Body Frequency. I'm Laura Rice. And if you've just tuned in, my guest this segment is Chiffon Myers. She's the founder and CEO of Pretty Pair Bride. And during your last visit, we spoke about wedding trends. Specifically, we discussed the trend of personalization. So let's talk a little bit more about personalization, specifically the trend of backdrops. And oh my goodness, there's some great (laughs) 
funky, traditional, edgy, beautiful, out of this world backdrops. You can do everything from floral walls to gigantic geometric terrarium-like structures without the glass, of course. Marble walls, water features, really, if you can imagine it, it can be made. Before you and I run wild with imagination, what are some of the factors that go into considering wedding backdrops? I think one of the main things that I tell people to consider, because yes, backdrops are becoming huge right now. And like you said, you have floor walls, you have the terrariums. I've even seen people that are doing like light projections to create a whole room atmosphere. Amazing. But the thing is, is you have to think about one, your budget, because any one of those three things that we just talked about are going to come at a price and that price is not going to be cheap. So that's one budget and two space. Because mm. a lot of those things that you think about doing for a backdrop, you have to have a pretty good space for it. Just because if you're dealing with a small space and you have a huge floor wall, you don't want it to be too small of a space to where the floor wall takes up all the space and takes up everything that's in that room and distracts from anything else that's in there. The other thing that I know that a lot of people are considering that are more on the budget where they don't have to spend it for that floor wall in the training are the lights. Because that is something that I've been seeing a lot of people do for backdrops to where they can have almost a projector done that projects an image or projects something on a wall, which is a lot more cost effective than doing a whole floor wall mm -hmm. or doing a whole wall with terrarium. So that's something that I've seen that can kind of offset a lot of that budget stuff as well. You're listening to Full Body Frequency. This is Laura Rice, and I'm speaking with Pretty Pair Bride Editor-in-Chief, Shafan Myers. We're talking about wedding trends and personalization. Let's turn our attention towards technology, Shafan. Mm -hmm. And for those who might want to up the ante, and this is specifically for you gadget gurus and social media mavens, there's so many ways to incorporate technology into weddings from the beginning to the end. And Shafan, jump in here whenever. So I saw that you can do video tables that can play memories from the bride and groom's mm -hmm. relationship, their childhoods, or even play their wedding. Aerial drones for photography and video, mm -hmm. 3D printed wedding cakes. Okay, now this one, I don't know about. This is bouquets with cameras that capture the wedding and the reception. <laughs> I'm thinking that might be a little problematic. I mean, your, your bouquet, depending on how tall you are, might capture a bunch of bellies and butts. I'm just saying. <laughs> I never actually thought about that because I was like, oh, that's a great idea, actually. Like a GoPro almost that you put in your bouquet. But I didn't think about what you would see depending on how tall <laughs> or how short because I'm shorter. Mm, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. But that is true, though. That is very true. And then there's another one, live streaming your wedding. Again, this could yep. be problematic. It's like posting your vacation photos on Facebook, you know, while you're on vacation is this a setup for a home burglary? I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I could be wrong, Siobhan. You, you tell me. That's what they do it for is specifically for weddings. But they do weddings and events. And what it's set up is, is they have cameras that are set up and microphones set up in certain places to where if the people are not there, they can literally turn on their computer, tune in, and they can witness the wedding just like they're there. They can witness the reception just as they're there all the different things that happen the reception the first dance cake cutting everything like that they can come and go on their end as they want and the stream will continuously play so it actually is pretty cool from the aspect of being someone who can't be there it works really really well okay so i guess we have to get security what about selfie sticks and charging stations at the reception i think for one especially the charging stations because with where we are right now with technology, I think it would be great. What I've seen with the charging stations is, is not just necessarily having it be a charging station, just a regular charging station, but I've seen where they have a charging station specifically for couples who have created a place for people to upload their images that they take at the wedding. Nice. So the way it's set up is, Pretty much like when you come into the reception, they'll have at their play settings or in when they pick up their escort cards, a note that says, 
if you'd like to upload your images, this is where you go, this is where you can do it, so that the couple can actually get those candid pictures from everyone who's at the wedding, because that's what happens. People take all kinds of pictures, they're great pictures, candid pictures, but they don't have access to them, or they then have to go around and wrangle them up from people. Mm-hmm. So this is a way for you to have all those images uploaded, but then they do a charging station to ensure that the people's phones are still staying charged while they're actually at the wedding capturing these images. So that's where I've seen them done, which I thought was great. I have never really seen just a charging station by itself, Mm -hmm. but I've seen it when it's been in conjunction with those two because they wanted to make sure people had their phone chargers to be able to take the pictures to then upload for the couples later. And that was really cool. I thought that was really good. And it was done well because they went hand in hand. I don't know Mm -hmm. if I would ever see a charging station just at a regular wedding. But it worked well because it went with that. But yeah, I thought that was done really well, actually. And so now we've got custom hashtags that go along with those postings and uploading of those photos. And then let's talk about e-invites. How much of a trend is that? Is that just for younger folks and then you send the traditional invitation to the older relatives? How does that work? I think at one point in time, it was influx of the Mm e-invites. But I think what people have gone towards now are the wedding websites. So that you have the website that has all the information. A lot of times they'll have all the reception information for people to kind of get to if they need to on the go, as well as any registry information is on there. They'll also have information about any pre-events that are going on. That's where I'm seeing a lot of people go to as opposed to the evites. I have seen evites for some of the pre-wedding activities, bachelor, bachelorette parties, some rehearsal dinners, but I have not seen them lately for the actual wedding. I think that's kind of been replaced with the wedding website. And some people will put information on the wedding website where you can RSVP on that, but still doing hard copy invitations. So one last reminder before we go to break, what is our timeline for technology, for personalization options, including ceremony backgrounds? Okay. So what are we looking at? I like to tell people anything that's going to be personalized, and that's anything, the sooner the better. Because personalization tends to take a little bit longer. And two, you want to make sure that you're able to get in all the information you need to the person who's doing the personalization, as well as getting it back. And if it's not right, you have time to then go back and do it again, if that happens. Okay. So the sooner the better for pretty much anything. I would say for website stuff, that needs to be something that pretty much the minute you get engaged, you go ahead and throw up a website because you're constantly adding to it. Mm-hmm. It's not something that is going to be just whatever you put out there immediately is what it is. You're constantly adding to it. So it's a great way to update people. So that's something that you want to do pretty much right when you get engaged. Go ahead and get that out there. Any technology, just as any vendor that you'll be using, cake, venue, photographer, videographer, you want to go ahead and throw that in the mix and start looking for those, I'd say, at least nine months out, sometimes 12 if you're doing a popular season. That summer, early fall is always really popular. Siobhan, there's one more wedding possibility that I've been curious about, and it could be a big money saver. But let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Siobhan Myers, Editor-in-Chief of Pretty Pear Bride. Stay tuned. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. This is Laura Rice, and you're listening to Full Body Frequency. And we're talking wedding trends with certified wedding and event planner and editor-in-chief of Pretty Pear Bride, Shafan Myers. Now that we're back, I've teased the audience about something that could potentially be the next big wedding trend and a big money saver. Wedding floral rentals from companies like Bloomerent. Okay, explain how this works. Two brides are able to share the cost of florals because one bride who would pay the higher amount uses the florals first 
And then the second bride who has the same date and they coordinate with location and things of that nature is able to use the same florals a second time, which they'll end up paying a smaller amount. So what you're doing is instead of having one bride pay the full cost, you're able to have two brides pay a cost that's split between the two because they're essentially sharing the florals. Okay. Now, it's great. It saves both of them money. But how realistic is it to do that? And how much forethought does it take in terms of planning? Do both brides have a say in what kind of florals are chosen? How's that work? I don't necessarily know how they match people, Mm -hmm. but I do know that it is a match situation. You all would be matched based on what your preference is for flowers, design, things of that nature. So you're not going to get someone who has a completely different look than what you want so that that second person is having to have flowers completely transformed from what the first person had. Because that's pretty much the beauty of it Mm -hmm. is that you're partnered with someone who has the same style and the same aesthetic. So it's not that much transformation between the two because that would be where time and cost and things like that would be incurred for that. But yeah, it is an interesting concept. It is a concept that you could save a ton of money So it's not quite as daunting as an Uber share. However, (laughs) (laughs) you want to go in and make sure that your vision for the wedding isn't compromised by someone else's taste. And I think that's where the cost comes in, because like that second person, you're not paying as much as the first person. But you also don't have a lot of the creativity or the freedom of creation and what it's going to be as well either. So you're kind of getting the end of the situation, whereas the first person who does pay more, they're getting more of the creative freedom with everything, and they're able to pick and choose a lot more than that second person. And let's just remind folks, the first bride does get a discount, but it's not as significant as the second bride. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, Shafan Myers, we have absolutely run out of time, but the next time you come, we're going to tackle some more international wedding trends and that'll happen real soon. How's that? Yay. Well, you know, I'm always up for it. I'm excited. Good. Shafan Myers of Pretty Pair Bride. Thanks for joining me today. For plus size and curvy brides to be who are planning their weddings, be sure to check out prettypairbride.com and follow the publication on all social media for great advice, wonderful wedding ideas, and beautiful images of plus size and curvy brides. After this quick break, Full Body Frequency returns with Lanita Pearson of One Curvy Bride and her great Gatsby wedding celebration. Stay tuned. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier. And it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. From her search for a glam princess gown, to her bridal shower, to one of her final fittings, Full Body Frequency has followed one curvy bride, Lanita Pearson, in her journey to the altar. And today she's here to recap her big, beautiful wedding, Great Gatsby style. From one curvy bride to one curvy wife, Lanita Pearson, congratulations and welcome back to Full Body Frequency. Thank you for having me back. So excited to be here. Yay! (laughs) Well, it's been a minute since our last conversation. And before we jump into all of the important wedding dress details and all of its magical, mystical powers, let's recap your wedding day. Break it down for us. What was your theme? What was your venue? How many attendants did you have? How many were in attendance? And what were some of the special highlights that you incorporated for you, your fiance, your stepdaughter, and your guest? Let me try to answer all of that, okay? (laughs) Once again, it was a 1920s Great Gatsby theme. I think I had five girls on my side and one guy. He had five guys and one girl on his side. So we did do a mixed gender bridal party. We had about 150 guests in attendance, and it was at the Patrick Haley Mansion in Joliet, Illinois. Some of the special highlights from the day. 
we decided to do a first look, which I really appreciated, especially because our wedding was on a Friday night. And so it was really nice, number one, to be able to get our pictures done before the wedding, but also to sort of have that special intimate moment between the two of us where we got to see each other for the first time. I think it's special either way you go, whether it is when I'm coming down the aisle or whether it's a first look. I personally am really happy that we got to do the first look, though. So that was really special moment there, as well as for me and my, I don't like to reference her as my stepdaughter, as my, okay. my bonus daughter. Oh, that, yeah, <laughs> that does my, sound nicer. Yeah. yeah. Me and my uh, bonus daughter got to spend some time together before the wedding, and we had a discussion about what she expected of me as her new mother, and we had a discussion about how I felt about her being my daughter and we got to spend an intimate amount of time together before the ceremony as well just sort of as a new family unit I guess before we officially became one so that was really special my best friend broke down when she saw me in my dress which Mm -hmm. was really sweet we got that on camera was not expecting that like heavy heaving tears Mm -hmm. so that was really nice yeah and I mean it was just You know how they say, like, it just goes so quick? Like, no exaggeration at all. Blink of an eye, and it is done. Oh, wow. How long was your wedding day from the time that you did your first look to the time that you said goodbye to your guest? So we did the first look at 5 p.m., and we dismissed the guest around 11 I want to say okay. so it was it was you know it's six hours and it goes really quick to me it's like the perfect amount of time to spend celebrating yeah not too much it was it sounds like it was just perfect not enough time for anyone to abuse the open bar oh, there you- <laughs> <laughs> perfect <laughs> exactly If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Full Body Frequency. You can listen to this show in its entirety on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. I'm your host, Laura Rice, and my guest this segment is newlywed Lenita Pearson of One Curvy Bride. So now on to the transformative moment of splendor and beauty, you and your wedding dress. Walk us through the process of choosing your dress and having it fit before the wedding. So... I went to a wonderful bridal boutique, Houghton Co., and the owner there was actually my stylist. And as soon as I told her my vision and she saw my shape, she literally said, I already know what dress you're going to pick. And I said, oh, okay, confident. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, I'm not going to pull it out quite yet. And so I tried on a couple of mermaid or trumpet style gowns first. I tried on a coral one. And I tried on a lace one and they were nice and I liked my shape in them and everything was good. And then she pulled out the dress. And I have to admit, when she pulled out the dress, I was like, this is the one she knows I'm going to pick. I knew immediately. (laughs) Um, It was trumpet and the bottom was textured and it was covered in Swarovski crystals. And as soon as I put it on and I walked out, my mother started crying. And once mom cries, there's no way you're picking any other dress. (laughs) And it was the third dress that I tried on, and we bought it that day. Wow. Three is the magic number. Yes. So now it wasn't a traditional wedding gown. I mean, you said it's a trumpet shape, but the color wasn't traditional either. It was an ivory dress covered in Swarovski crystals, but Swarovski crystals, outside of being white and silver, had hints of blue, Mm -hmm. so ice blue, so that really helped the dress to pop with the sparkle because it's not just bling there's also multifaceted colors within it which really bring out the design of the crystals within the dress and I had a wonderful tailor who altered my dress she works specifically with the bridal boutique and one of the things that people don't realize is when you're getting ready for the wedding whether or not you're trying to you're gonna lose and gain weight just from dealing with everything Mm. within the scope of the wedding I gained 20 pounds, I lost 30, I gained 10, I lost 15. So we ended up taking in the dress quite a bit. And by the day of, though, it fit perfectly. I didn't pick it up until the week before the wedding. And that's actually pretty normal. And if you want me to be honest, I actually prefer that because then I knew there was no way I wasn't going to fit into it within a week. 
Okay, gotcha, <laughs> yeah. gotcha. So, so that I actually preferred over having it like two months in advance and then getting to the wedding day and being like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the morning of you're freaking out or the day before you're freaking out. So, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Now, what role did shapewear play in the, the fit of your gown? This is what I will say. I did have on a long line strapless bra and that was all that I needed. When you are buying, I would say, couture gowns, gowns that are very well made, that shapewear and that structure is built into the dress. I honestly mm-hmm. could have worn that sucker without any bra and nothing was going anywhere. Mm. Okay. <laughs> it was serious. I did not sit much, but I looked fabulous. Let's get into the logistics of actually wearing, moving in, and going to the restroom while you were in your gown. What was that like, and what kind of preparation did you do beforehand? Well, so a few things. Moving, walking in the dress was fine. Sitting in the dress, not so much. My husband had to hold my chair when I sat down because you can't actually bend. You kind of just fall into the chair. But you practice that before the day of the wedding, and my bridal consultant and the tailor walked me through pretty much how to sit in my dress and how that was going to work. Going to the bathroom, one of the things I made sure is that my bridal party knew how to get me in and out of my dress because it was fitted to about right above my knee. Mm. Lifting my dress up to use the bathroom was not going to be an option. And Mm. so I ended up actually having to completely take off my dress to use the bathroom. But I only had to use the bathroom once. That's amazing. So there was that. Yeah. Six hours? (laughs) I use it once. Everything is going so quickly. You're not really thinking about it. You know, I was one of those, I was going to eat at my wedding. I paid way too much per plate for me to not eat. So I (laughs) am the bride who ate at my wedding. I ate, I drank, but just the excitement of it all. At one point I was just like, I need to use the bathroom. And then that was it. Even though my, my bridal consultant did suggest I take an Imodium AD and I would be fine. (laughs) So that's a little bridal trick I learned. Oh, man. So it just suppressed everything. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's a great trick. It was. I was so excited. I'm like, I've never read that anywhere, and that is genius. That's amazing. Okay. Well, we'll have to incorporate that into something whenever my day is. I'll be (laughs) doing that. (laughs) Okay. So is there anything you would change about your dress or the wedding day itself? And if so, what? Oh my gosh. It's funny that you mentioned that because one of the things that I went through and I had to separate myself from was sort of this whole wedding withdrawal. I had spent so much time on Pinterest and wedding blogs and everything that after the wedding, it was hard for me to look at those things again because every time something new pops up, then you have that twinge of, oh, I should have done that. Oh, I could have done that. Oh, I would have done that. And I literally had to go through, delete the Pinterest pages with my wedding ideas, unsubscribe from emails, because what my day was, was what it was. And it was beautiful. And at the end of the day, I have my husband and that's what matters. So for me, I always like to say there's nothing I would change about my wedding Now, my 10-year anniversary, when we renew our vows, there's a lot of stuff I'm going to be doing for that. So that's how I look at it. (laughs) There's nothing I'm going to change about, I would want to change about my wedding, but there's definitely stuff I'm going to do now for my vow renewal. Okay. Well, we will definitely have you back for your vow renewal in 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) So, Lanita Pearson, thanks so much for returning to Full Body Frequency today. Thank you for having me again. Oh, absolutely. And to check out Lanita's gorgeous wedding photos or to follow her adventures as a newlywed and a new homeowner, head on over to One Curvy Wife on Instagram. For you curvy and plus-size brides-to-be, check out OneCurvyBride.com and order those super cute bride and bridal party t-shirts today. Wondering how you can rock your own fairy tale gown like Lanita did? Then hang tight because her bridal gown consultant and the owner of Oaten Co. Bridal Boutique, Chanel Armstrong Fowler, is ready to journey with you to wedding gown bridal bliss. Full Body Frequency, we'll be right back. 
Jill, why don't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. This is Laura Rice. Welcome back to Full Body Frequency. My next guest has made a name for herself in the world of politics and corporate America during her previous public relations career. Chanel Armstrong Fowler continues to take the world by storm as she shakes up the plus size and curvy fashion game with her four-year-old high-end bridal and special occasion boutique, Oaten Co. Brides-to-be and bridesmaids, this one is for you. Chanel Armstrong Fowler, welcome to Full Body Frequency. Well, thank you, Laura. It is a pleasure to be a part. Before we jump into the Oat & Co. bridal boutique experience and the brands that you feature, your career in the private sector has been incredible. You've worked for Vice President Al Gore. You've launched fashion lines for both Nicki Minaj and Maroon 5's Adam Levine. And in your last position, you were the Director of Public Relations for Sears Holdings. Why the jump from the corporate world into the fire of retail entrepreneurship? In other words, why did you open Oat & Co. Bridal Boutique? I could give you a short and a long and a medium-sized answer. So what <laughs> I'm going to do, Laura, is give you a very authentic, real option. Okay. It's a three-part answer. Mm -hmm. Number one is... I've always been an advocate. So whether I'm advocating for someone in public policy or speaking for the brands I represent when I was at McDonald's or at Sears Holdings, or I'm advocating for brides today, I've always been an advocate. So that's pretty much part of my DNA. I've been, God has truly blessed me with a voice. I'm quick on my feet and I am a verbal gymnast. So it's very hard to trip me up. Being an advocate is a natural progression of my career. When it came to bridal, I was getting married and there was a friend of mine at Sears Holdings that was getting married as well. And I was showing her my gown, Vera Wang, and she hadn't gotten her gown yet. She had not even began the process. And I asked her, what are you waiting on? And she told me, she was a size 26. She said that she was unable to try on wedding gowns. I thought that she was making up an excuse because maybe she didn't have the money. I thought it was really real. She said, I call them in advance to see if they have any sizes for me to try on. I said, you're joking. You do not do that much legwork. And she was like, I do. That night I went home, popped open a computer, and I went to a couple of wedding sites and a couple of wedding pages. And I found out something that was almost florable that the two biggest concerns that brides had was one was poor service, mm -hmm. poor service seemed to ring across a lot of brands. And the second one was not having gowns for women that were curvy or plus size. Now I was surprised if you were size 14, they didn't have anything for you. I was so surprised and I did a lot of research and felt that was an opportunity in the marketplace that I could feel. And I could feel it from the perspective of being an advocate. Let me help you to find your beautiful wedding gown and give you an experience that will allow you to feel comfortable, to feel heard, to feel respected, and dazzle you with the fashion that we have. I already knew fashion. I've already worked in retail. I know branding. And I can put all these together and create an experience that can serve a population that is underserved in the marketplace. And that's what I did. How long did it take from your friend's trials of being a, a size 26 and attempting to find her wedding gown until the time you opened your doors? Well, this is where my husband kind of rolls his eyes. <laughs> 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 I got married in May 2012. We opened in October 2013. Okay. That's so a year. about a year. That's not long. For mm -hmm. most businesses to open a brick and mortar business, that's not long at all. Nope. We actually signed everything and signed the lease and was able to finalize everything in July. But as you know, with the build out and things like that, it takes a little while. Right. 
You're listening to Full Body Frequency. Today, we're speaking with Chanel Armstrong Fowler, founder, owner, and chief stylist of Oaten Co. Bridal Boutique, which is located in Chicago, Illinois, and it's one of the country's leading bridal and special occasion salons for plus size and curvy women. Now, as the name implies, Oaten Co. Bridal Boutique is a high-end bridal salon exclusively for women, sizes 12 to 32. But explain a few things to our listener, Chanel. What sets Oaten Co. apart from, let's say, a David's Bridal, which is a national chain? What are bridal sizes, and do these sizes apply to bridesmaids and special occasion dresses, too? So I'm going to break that up and answer in two parts. So what differentiates Oaten Co., whether it's from a national brand like David Bridal or a independent retailer that may be in your location, in your area, is that we cater exclusively to curvy and plus size women, which means is that we will be able to service bride sizes 12 through 32. Our price point started at $1,500 to $5,000. We literally are a boutique that prides herself on serving more than one silhouette. That bride has that the dunk the dunk body and mm-hmm. she's a size 28 and she loves her hips to her lips. We can serve that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have very little selection that cannot be served against our bridal collection, period. It is what it is. What differentiates us from a David Bridal, primarily is David Bridal is a value retailer. It's a value retailer because this gown started $99. Okay. When you look at a $99 gown or if you look at a $1,200 gown, that's a different quality of product. It really is. And this is not to throw shame or to cast any type of feeling to people whose budgets are under $1,500 or under $2,000. It really is to really manage your expectations of what you're looking for and what you're getting. You know, if you want a gown that's fully embellished with Roshi crystalline and a trumpet silhouette, those gowns aren't going to be at $1,200. You're, you're looking at gowns that are over $2,000. And so if that's the silhouette you're looking for, you may want to try a resale shop where someone's already purchased a gown and you can actually get some alterations for it. So David Bright is a national and it does a great job of really honing in on its value retail, value customer, and delivering gowns to her at a price point that she can afford. We're much more what we call moderate and luxury, much more higher in gowns that we carry. The second thing I wanted to discuss when it comes to the sizing for all retailers, bridal sizing has not changed for over 60 plus years. So when the U.S. business went from customization in the early 1900s to pret-a-porter, or as we say now, ready to wear, Mm -hmm. we used a standardized measurement that all retailers would be able to use so that their customers who are ordering by and large through catalogs can measure themselves and say, hey, this is my size. And so oftentimes in that process, of Pret-a-Porter, the sizing never changed for your special occasion and your haute couture lines, never changed. And so bridal is built out of those sizes. They're not built out of what we find now, which are much more vanity sizing. So each retailer basically has their own sizing chart. And so as a customer, it's always prudent for you to take your own measurements before ordering from any retailer to ensure that if you are a size 18, that you are 18 at that location as well as another location. So for me, I am a size 16. I am almost six foot tall. So when I buy from ASOS, they're like, oh, you're a 12 sometimes. Mm, no, I'm not a 12. I'm not hanging on to the last 12 in my closet trying to become a 12. I'm a 16 and I'm good with being a 16. So I always like to tell our brides that focus on the fit, not the sizing, because at any given point, we're going to have alterations and alterations are going to be there to help shape that gown to your body. We're going to order as close as what we can to your natural size that you are today. And then knowing that we're going to have to make some modifications when the gown comes in. So what if a bride-to-be doesn't have the $1,500 to $5,000 required to purchase a gown at Oat & Co.? And you just mentioned one solution, which is to go to a resale shop. Mm -hmm. And mind you, those prices don't even include alterations, as you just mentioned. Is this woman who wants or has this 
vision of this fabulous gown from some of the brands that you carry. Is she just out of luck? No, she's not out of luck. What we recommend is two things. So we keep a sample rack. Okay. So at Oaten Co., one of the things is we stay contemporary. We have a very carefully curated collection. If there are looks that have been in the marketplace, let's say, for four years, you will not see them at Oaten Co. You know, we only go back one season, more or less, sometimes two seasons, and that's it. Our collection is carefully curated every single season. So we're getting in new gowns every season. Well, we're moving out new gowns every season as well. There may be gowns from Amari Couture that originally retailed at $28 or $4,800. Like we have one on the rack right now. It retailed at $3,200. It's $899. So, you know, the best opportunity is I always share with our brides that, you know, if a bride comes in and she doesn't have a budget of $1,500 to start, what we often do is we will walk her through the sales rack and let her see what's on the sales rack. And I would tell you almost 75% of the brides buy their gowns there because they'll find what they need and want, and they'll be super excited. Mm. We had one bride who had purchased her gown, this is very interesting, from another location. She came to us because she really didn't like her dress. And I asked, well, why didn't you purchase it? I just felt like I didn't have any choices. And I said, well, why didn't you come to us in the beginning? She said, I couldn't find you. Well, it turns out that she did find us when she was a little bit more transparent, but she the $1,500 price tag scared her away, Mm -hmm. but she bought a sample gown, which was stunningly beautiful. She fell out over, it was only $8.99. And with alterations, she was at a little over $1,300. If a listener wants the Oat & Co. experience, how should she prepare? A couple things. One is, we always ask our brides to really begin to work on your vision. Pinterest is a wonderful tool to begin to look at things about your wedding this day that really can bring your vision to life. The second thing is when you make an appointment at Oaten Co., we're very clear we're here to serve you, not your entourage. So we limit the amount of trusted voices to three. That way it limits the bride's external feedback It really forces her to focus on her internal feedback of how she's feeling. Because I don't want her to be talked into or talked out of any look. And so it's important that she brings the right team around her to support her. She doesn't need to bring undergarments. We sell long line bras. We have them there that are fitted that you can use throughout your appointment so you understand how a good garment needs to fit. So those are things that we take care of on our side. We just want her to come and be open-minded and be mindful of her budget. And so if your budget is $1,500, but you need, we always like to say, factor in 20% for alterations minimally, a hem is going to cost you at least 200 to 225 depending on your layers. Those are things that a designer will not take on, or nor will we. Again, I'm almost six foot tall, so I guarantee, Laura, you and I will have a different hem budget. Absolutely. I didn't really need a hem for mine because I'm so tall. But others who may be shorter will need a hem. You know, factoring costs for a bustle. A bustle will enable you after the ceremony is over and the pictures are taken, you could take the train of your dress and lift it up with a very intricate way of tying it. But it can give you some level of design elegance in the back. But it has some functionality. Mm -hmm. Allows you to walk around freely and people won't step on your train. Factor those in. You also want to factor in some level of bus work with alterations. Everyone's breasts are very different. So you have to factor in like really kind of closing it in so that it doesn't drop and some side work to make sure that the gown stays in place. So those are things that are going to happen regardless, you know, and we try to share that with our brides in the process. And the, the last thing I want brides to understand when they come to us, be prepared to be served. We want you to really trust us. We work hard at building trust for our brides that they will enable us with information, with honest dialogue, with an authenticity to help them bring their vision to life. For example, if you really don't like lace, you can stop us and say, stop bringing lace gowns in versus, oh, well, this, I like this. No, no. If you don't like lace, say, Chanel, I'm out of this lace game. Done. 
let's start bringing in some embellishment. Let's start looking at some Mikados. Let's, let's start looking at some more classic lines. But you have to be honest and not be afraid to be your own advocate. When we come back, Chanel and I will talk bridal gown reality shows and a bit about her own wedding day, which was featured in Essence magazine. Stay tuned. Full Body Frequency. We'll be right back. Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. At six, I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. At six, I make his breakfast. At seven, I shower. Every day I wake up For those five. caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Full Body Frequency is back. And if you've just tuned in, you can listen to the show in its entirety on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. I'm Laura Rice, your host. And my guest this segment is Chanel Armstrong Fowler, the visionary owner of Oat & Co. Bridal Boutique. And she just mentioned having vision, having a vision for your wedding day and your wedding gown. And as we've seen in TV shows like Say Yes to the Dress and as evidenced by its spinoff, Say Yes to the Dress Big Bliss, more and more straight size bridal salons sell plus size bridal and bridesmaids gowns because clearly there is a demand and full-figured women have the financial wherewithal. So Chanel, when did the bridal industry begin to take the demands and the dollars of plus size brides seriously? And how many exclusively plus size bridal salons are there in the U.S.? I will say that the bridal industry is still working to mm. take the bride seriously. I've been in the game since 2013. I could tell you the horror stories of meeting with designers and them saying, there's one design I'm never going to forget, said to me, do these women even get married? Oh, my God. It took everything I had not to snap. And that's a lot of the pervasive attitude. It's negative. I have been a staunch advocate. And let me tell you, Laura, I used to be a lobbyist in Washington. So very few people can out talk me. <laughs> so when we would have conversations with, with designers, and I remember meeting with one of their reps, another designer, and they said, well, you know, bigger gals. I said, first of all, what is a bigger gal? Do you, I said, do you even respect the women you serve? Mm. It's always about the relanguaging. And it took me at least a good year and a half when people would see me in the market, they were like, oh, here comes Chanel. <laughs> and I was proud to wear that badge because if you were going to mention a bride who was a size 14 or larger, you were going to do it with a level of respect and reverence that she earned and deserved. And if you couldn't do it, you wouldn't do it in front of me. That was going to be very clear. And so the industry is changing. Has it changed? No, it's no different than ready to wear. And in some cases, it's even worse than ready to wear. There are certain designers that won't go past a size 20. So if you are a 16, the average woman in the U.S. is a size 16. If you're a size 16, that means in bridal, you're a size 20. There are a number of retailers that won't even carry sizes over 16. Right. More or less a 20 because their designers don't go up to a 20. So they don't even have the gowns to even share if they did carry one. And when they do bring in a curvy look, it's always the same three looks, a little ruche to the left, a big old ball gown, and a simple A-line dress. Well, speaking of gowns, what are some of the trends for brides marrying the next six to 12 months? Is that 12 months too far in advance for no. us or no? Okay. No, we need brides to come in whose weddings are minimally between six and 12 months out. You hit it right on the nose, Laura. Oh, great, great. Because it takes about six months to get a gown in from a designer, a good designer. It takes a minute. What are we seeing now are going to be a little less color. Last year, we saw a lot of blush. This year, we're not seeing as much blush. We're seeing more sleeves, more embellishment and lace connected. Much more for curvy women getting what I call the boho sexy look. Mm. which is flowy, nice, but some support in the bust line, embellishment, and definitely trumpet silhouettes. Trumpet silhouettes for curvy women are a win-win. And whether you're a size 16 or a size 34 at Oaten Co., we serve that market very well. And when they come to us and they say, well, 
I went to another location and they didn't have anything and they held things up to me and they said, this is what it could look like. I said, well, I can show you what it will be on you. And I can tell you that when women feel that you have heard their cries, respected their voice and served them, even if they cannot jump as high to purchase from us, they give us great talk value. And mm-hmm. as I share with my team, that's all you can ask for because we have a three-part promise that we want all our brides to know. Number one is we're going to have the best selection of gowns. We right. own it, we believe it, and we live it. Number two is we have an enchanting experience. We're here to serve you. We want you to find your look. And three is a stress-free final delivery. We're going to get that gown in, get you altered, and get you ready for your big day because those are all the pain points that brides have. Earlier you asked, the number of plus-size bridal boutiques in the country. I can right. tell you the one thing about us, a retailers, we super connected. I kid you not. So that's another thing that happens. If you're in the traditional line, people think they're helpful to each other, but they're not as helpful as curvy brides helping other curvy bridal retailers. So if there's a question on a designer I'm looking at carrying, I can call my good friend in Atlanta at Ivory Bridal and ask Masita. Or I might say, let me call my friend Nicole, who's in Houston, who has Olivia's bridal, and she does curvy only. Hey, what do you think about this? Or Nicole called me when she was thinking of opening her boutique, and I gave her, I said, go to this designer. Here's somebody who's great. This is what you need. This is what you can do. We really stay in touch with everyone, even Shayna, who's in Minnesota, who has Lux. We, listen, I learned an important message from Magic Johnson. When I was at McDonald's, Magic wanted me to come on board in his organization when he was buying up Burger Kings. And he said to me, you need to explain to me why you and I do not work together. Why you not working for me? <laughs> Seriously, Chanel. And I started laughing. I said, you live in L.A. and, you know, single girl can't get right in L.A. You stay single forever in L.A. <laughs> I'm trying to get married. And he started laughing. He said, you know, I know people. I said, I'm sure you do, but I'm trying to get married, Magic. Let me be honest with you. And he was laughing. He said, but let me tell you something. I don't want you to ever forget this. He grabbed my hand. He said, you and I are competition, but we are not enemies. There if you go. we all do well, if you do well and I do well, we'll do well together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have never forgotten that because he looked me square in my eye and said it to my soul. And I believed him. And it changed the way I approach any retailer that comes to me. Even if you're in my trading area, if you need help or if you need assistance, or if you got a problem, I will help to solve you. Because the more we all do well, I'll do well. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people may not adopt that philosophy, but I can't deal on that level. I'm here to serve, and I'm okay with that. My family calls it my mission, and they're like, this is your mission. You just <laughs> serving women. You just serve. Every five minutes, you talking about serving women. I said, I, if I don't, who will? Right, right. To whom much is given, much is expected. Exactly. Exactly. And it's returned to you all the time. Correct. It's a sister circle and it it always returns. That's wonderful that you guys have this uh, network to support plus size and curvy brides. Because it's, as you said, it's very much needed. Oh, and you know what, Miss Laura? Can Mm -hmm. I give you a secret? Sure. Are you sure you're ready for a secret? I'm absolutely ready. Okay. You're the first person that's going to know outside of my family. Okay. I signed a six-episode deal for a reality show in Chicago. Shut up. I was just I about did. to ask you that question, Chanel. Yes. I was just about to. I, okay, this is a question, and we're going to keep all of this in the show. <laughs> Chanel, and you can tell me the truth. The reason that you expanded your store is that some cable network can shoot a new plus-size Brightest Line reality show, right? I will say this. That yes and yes, that we had gotten a call and we knew that we had outgrown our existing space. Mm-hmm. And we assigned the six episode deal to be literally a huge digital deal with none other than People Magazine. Oh. That it was going to go across all their platforms. We're super excited. I am so excited for you and congratulations. This is Thank absolutely you. wonderful. Yeah. And I'm excited. I- yeah, I know you are. You, you got to be. And you give and you receive. You give and you receive. And that's a lesson that all of us have to learn. It's not about keeping my customers. It's about expanding our customers. And this is what happens. 
Exactly. And I tell people that so much. If you close your hand, you can't open it to receive. You can't keep what's in your hand closed because you won't be able to open it to receive. And there's no Mm -hmm. drama other than my staff who sometimes doesn't do their portion and they get a little bit of a stern conversation from Chanel or I'll use one of my phrases, which they hate to hear me say, which is help me understand how we got here. That's mm-hmm. the favorite phrase they hate mm-hmm. to hear because they know afterwards <laughs> it's a lot of trouble coming. And this will be the first bridal show that they've shot outside of New York and Atlanta. And then they had the one in Baltimore. So this is Chicago's first big bridal show. Oh, that's amazing. It is. We're super that's, excited. We're oh, super excited. Man, that's amazing. Let's dip a little into your personal life and wedding memories. Sure. You met your husband, Sean, online, and within five months, you were engaged to be married. And you had a beautiful destination wedding in Riviera Maya, Mexico. So what's the one piece of bridal gown advice you give to a bride whose wedding will take place in the tropics and on the beach? And if you were getting married in 2017, would you wear the same Vera Wang gown today? Uh, Let me answer that second part. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. (laughs) And that's why one of our buyers, um, Ramika, hates me to be around sometimes. She goes, we're not here to buy your wedding dress again. Um, Because I love this silhouette so much. She's like, we have enough of that look. We're done with that look. I'm like, really? Sure, we have enough of this look? So she's like, we're done with that look. That is a Chanel look. We're done. So I would wear my gown absolutely today. For sure I would. Describe your gown for everybody. It's a sweetheart neckline with a distressed bodice, no embellishment, no anything. It had box pleating and it had a distressed bow that was hand tied mm. and it went all the way down to the floor and no invisible zipper in the back and pockets. You were ahead of the pocket trend. I was pockety. I was ahead of the pocket trend mm-hmm. and it was beautiful and I loved it and I would still wear it again. Uh, on a funny note, maybe about, we've been in this house for four years, so maybe about two years, a year and a half ago. My husband came home from work and I had my wedding gown on. Now, it doesn't fit like it used to, (laughs) but (laughs) I had my wedding gown on. And I was sitting downstairs drinking wine, looking at TV. And he said, are you okay? I said, yes, why do you ask? He goes, isn't that your wedding gown? I said, yes. He goes, did you open the box to get that? I said, is there a problem, babe? He goes, none. I'm just going to go downstairs, okay? And he like left and went downstairs to his man cave and didn't come up for the rest of the evening. And it was the funniest thing. He thought something was wrong. I said, I love my gown. So of course I want to wear it again. Mm. Um, but I wear it around the house sometimes and make everyone crazy. And they think it's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but as far as destination weddings, here's what I always tell brides. Two things that are really clear when it does anything destination. Number one is, believe it or not, I packed my gown. I folded it. It was wrapped. I took it out of the breathable bag that they gave it to me in, but I put it in a plastic bag. I laid it flat, and there's a way you can roll it where it's flat, and I rolled it, and I put it in the suitcase. I did my husband's suits and all of it like that. And when we got to the resort, I hung it out, and they steamed it, and it was fine. Okay? That Mm -hmm. was number one. Okay. Number two is that the gown that I thought I wanted was not the gown I got. Because the gown I originally tried on, and I only tried on two wedding gowns, because as much as I work in fashion, I know who I am. There's about 30% of the brides who really know who they are and know exactly what they want, and they go for it. And when they see it, they buy it. They don't have a lot of conversation around it. And that was me. So I already knew what I wanted. And I thought the gown I wanted was the one that Vera Wayne had. It was huge, a beautiful bottom. It was stunning. I tried it on. It felt like it weighed 50 pounds. Mm. And we were outside, so I had to get something that was lightweight, but I didn't want to get that kind of boho chic look. That really wasn't my aesthetic. So the young woman at Vera Wayne kind of walked by with another gown and kind of winked at me. (laughs) And I came back, tried on that gown, and bought it. And it was very much what I wanted. It was beautiful. It was classic. And it said Chanel. Mm-hmm. And so the one thing is, if you're going to get a gown for a destination wedding, you want to make sure that you can walk in it in sand and that you get a good bustle mm. because that's important. Um, if you're afraid to let your dress drag, then you might want to think about removing the train because you're still going to party afterwards. I mean, we partied like a rock star. People were trying to come into our area. We were like, 
there's no admission. This is not the club. <laughs> we're out here celebrating the wedding, you know, because <laughs> it was like 70 plus of my friends and family that came. So we pretty much had the resort. Half of it was ours and we had a great time. So having a really, really simple gown that was really my aesthetic worked. But if you are not a simple type of person, what you want to factor into is being able to pack your gown. Some airlines are really cool, like Southwest. They'll let you bring your gown in in the breathable bag and they'll put it up front with the, the pilot's area where they put their stuff. Or people like United or even American will hold it in first class when you walk in with it. Mm-hmm. So believe me, airlines are really, really, really open for people bringing in their weddings. And they'll sometimes announce, hey, we have a wedding on board. Oh, you know, yeah. So it's actually traveling with it. It's not the biggest thing. It's just really making sure when you get to the resort that you can get it steamed. And that's the one thing you need to talk about to the resort before you get there is making sure they have the steamer. And if they don't have a steamer, there are plenty of portable steamers that you can buy and you can bring with you that your whole entire bridal party could use. Sooner you hang the gown up with embellishment, the weight of the embellishment drags the gown straight. Oh, my God. Good information. Good information. Chanel Armstrong Fowler, thank you so much for joining Full Body Frequency today. And again, congratulations on the new digital show. Thank you so much. And we're excited. So tentatively, it will be scheduled to be released in September during Bridal Week at Time Warner. We're excited. They're excited. And we want to make sure people tune in. And actually, Laura, just so you know, in Chicago, you're going to post for brides um, to come in during the taping. So more to come. Oh, that's exciting. And for more information on Oat Co. Bridal Boutique, visit Co. That's H-A-U-T-E-A-N-D. Co.com. And you can also follow Oaten Co. on Twitter and Instagram and like it on Facebook. Until next time, tune into your own full body frequency where large is luscious living. <laughs>